0: Hello, welcome to Inspired Caring. I'm your host, Michelle Magner. If you are caring for an older family member, this is the podcast for you. Each week, I bring insight, tips, inspiration, and strategies to help you care for the people that you love without losing yourself along the way. Having cared for both of my grandmothers, I've helped manage everything from hospital stays, households full of belongings, to navigating senior living and end-of-life care. And I've worked in senior living as a result of that experience, serving my residents and their families as they've been on this journey too. Thank you for joining me today, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Inspired Caring. (laughs) Well, do you prefer to go
1: by Jennifer
0: or... Jenny, or what, what, how would,
1: what do you call yourself? Uh, I typically Jen or Jennifer, either one of those work. Yep.
0: Well, welcome to Inspired Caring.
1: And why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yay. Thank you so much for having me. I am honored for the opportunity. This is so fun to connect with like-minded, uh, individuals and other people in the field. So um, yeah, uh, my name is Jennifer and I have been, so I, I've been a personal trainer actually since 2008. So I've been doing this um, business for a very long time Ever. and forever. Um, and most of the time I've worked with 60 plus, age of 60 plus. In fact, my, I've worked with a client that was 89 and 90. So I, it's been so fun and it's fascinating to watch them just want to be so active in their life and keep up with, just be independent and keep up with their health Mm -hmm. and, and all of that. Um, a year ago in, so in 2021, my grandpa, my grandpa, who has not been well for quite some time, he went into the hospital at the end of 2020. And then when he came home, it everything just changed. Um, you know, he lives in Wyoming and I am in uh Colorado. Mm-hmm. And I I because of COVID, I had a bit more flexibility. Um, most of my clients had gone online, so we were training virtually via Zoom or FaceTime, which is so cool to see an 89-year-old on FaceTime. I love that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> or Zoom, it was so amazing. Um, so I actually drove up to Wyoming to k- just kind of see how I could help out that first day and I had only planned on staying for a couple days. Uh, I ended up there for a week okay. and yeah And um, and that was really kind of my new life for the next three months. I, I do have a couple in-person clients, so I would, I would come home, I would train on a Monday morning, and then I would drive to Casper until Wednesday or Thursday. And then I'd come home for a few days. And it was just this rinse and repeat for three months. Um, I think I made eight trips, 31 days up in Mm -hmm. Wyoming. Yeah. Which is, you know, I had kind of a dual life, right? Like I had the Casper, I had the caregiver life. Um, And then I was still very much the you know, contact person, even when I was in Denver, Mm -hmm. um, when I was trying to be, you know, with my boyfriend and he has two kids and caring for my family here. And so it was a lot for a few months. Um, and I, I wouldn't change it. I was, I forgot how much I enjoyed just sitting and being with my grandpa and, um, There were a lot of challenges that, as you know, there's so much that goes into trying to care for someone who doesn't feel well, um, Mm -hmm. for, for us, there was someone who didn't want us there. You know, Papa wanted us there. Nana did not want us there. Mm. And so it made things really tough. And I think I, I think as the granddaughter, I got away with a bit more. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. I totally agree with you. I felt like I pushed a lot of boundaries with that role. Yes. (laughs) Um, so as a, as a trainer, like, like my habits went out the door, um, when I started being a caregiver and I coach it. So I know that if mine went out the door, this is, I mean, it is so hard to keep up with caring for yourself. um, And I can look back and I can see places where I could have done things differently. And, and as I was going, I was trying to find a way to make sure I stayed, you know, active. Like when I had my home life, I could get a few workouts in when I was in, you know, Casper, or if I was in Wyoming, then, um, you know, I, I paid, I pretty much was like, can I wash my face? Can I get my supplements in and can I get breakfast?
0: Like, are those, (laughs) those
1: three things that I can focus on every day? Um, but I just see this huge need because caregivers sacrifice themselves mm-hmm. to care for someone else who is losing their health. So it's like right. this vicious, vicious cycle. And um, I, I think the, the biggest need that I've, I've discovered though, is that most coaches don't understand um, the dynamic they don't really understand the, really understand the challenges. Um, I mean, case in point, I have a coach Mm -hmm. and he was like, well, I don't know what the problem is. I, you know, I have a wife, I have two kids, I have my job, I have two coachings. Like we all make excuses and I'm like, no, 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 no. There, there, There is something so different. And I, I think a lot of that is we're in emergency mode constantly. You're always your mental space is always taken up by somebody else. Right. Um, And I think that's a huge part of that. And I, I guess I just feel like, you know, caregivers need some special love and care when they want to reach their health goals, because a lot of programs out there are, you know, here's the program, do it. And if you aren't following these exact guidelines, then I can't promise you results. And Not every caregiving situation is the same. In fact, most of them aren't, so. Absolutely. Well, and you have that dual um, capacity for
0: people that you have the whole like years of health coaching side of it, but then you also have that other mindset, lifestyle coaching piece that can help people stay on track. You're right, like nothing is on autopilot when you're in a, especially when you're in a crisis like that. So, um, you know, even just transitioning from, I worked full-time outside my home and then I just transitioned to working from my home. And again, like all my habits are out the window. Yeah. So, um, I really appreciate you saying, just look at some really basic baseline things (laughs) that you can accomplish. Yeah. And and feel good about. Um, yeah. To at least get you back in a space where you're not just beating yourself up. Cause I think that's a big problem, is it? Something you experience, people being hurt on themselves.
1: Right. Yeah. It I think the guilt and the shame like is just so prevalent in in this industry um, as a caregiver. And then and then when you don't feel good and you're trying to make pro like it is just amazing how hard it can be. Again, that kind of vicious cycle of Mm
0: -hmm.
1: why, why bother? I know that I can't go work out for 60 minutes, which is, I mean, Nobody, very few people have time to work out for 16 minutes. I mean, I, come I, on, that's like from the 80s or something. Like we don't,
0: we're not held to that standard anymore.
1: Oh yes, <laughs> I actually just shot a video about calorie counting. I like I want to get rid of calorie counting. It is so amen. Oh <laughs> There's so many other ways just to make these baby steps. And, and I think that especially in the health and fitness industry, we feel like we have like the progress has to happen right now. Mm. It, it has to be instantaneous. And that's just what they're selling you. That is the vision. Yeah. That is the marketing. That is what they are trying to sell you. And it is, it's just overwhelming to even Think about, and so yeah, like how can we get back down to just basics? And you know what's interesting is with a couple of my current clients, we almost never talk about working out. Like our oh first God. fifteen minutes of the call are about like unpacking how the week went, just brain mm-hmm. dumping, like your feelings and emotions and things like that, and then five minutes on the things that we can do moving forward. It's rarely on actually working out. That's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, it really goes to show you that um, we
0: hold so much in when we're in the thick of it with somebody and having that safe container for somebody um, is part of that physical mental health, physical health. Yeah. 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 Um, What are your thoughts on I mean, do you have just like some three basic things that you think people should be really paying attention to? Because I do think that we're so marketed to about instant gratification um, or methods or ways to manage our health or if we want to lose weight as a caregiver, like just, I don't know, some really baseline things that people should be paying attention to or doing.
1: Mm. So uh, the first one for me is is water. Mm-hmm. Um, like hands down, I think that as we are just dehydrated. Um, yeah. And so I know one of the first things I hear when to say when I suggest paying attention to water is, "Well, I'll be peeing all the time." Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, there's two things. I don't want you to go from 10 ounces of water to 80 ounces of water in the next day, like your body, it needs time to realize that you're going to give it water so that it can actually get rid of it, like what it's stored and, and things like that. So, so slowly increase. But the other way I actually want you to think about it is think about all that extra movement you're going to get going to the restroom. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's such a good point. You're going to like double and triple your steps,
0: A, to fill your cup, and then B, to go to the restroom. Seriously. That's hilarious. Yeah.
1: And who wants all these toxins in our body anyway? The water is flushing it all out. So I had that revelation because I would use the bathroom in the basement um, because I never wanted to have the bathroom upstairs be occupied when my grandpa needed it, right? When Papa needed to go, like it was, so I was like, well, look at, look at all the extra steps I'm getting in by going up and down the stairs. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So that one's, so that one's a pretty hard and fast. Like I, I think really first and foremost, to focus on water can make such a significant difference in how our skin feels, how our, how we're going to just be able to show up every day. Mm -hmm. Um, and then really two and three would probably be just to dive into the process, you know, consistency over perfection, any day progress over perfection. That's so good. Really? What is like the 1% thing that you can do today to make a difference in tomorrow? Um, And I think that's so good. I think that's different for everybody, right? Because somebody might actually be really good about going for walks. So it's hard for me to say, well, focus on getting more steps. And that's not maybe what's going to move the needle for you. Mm -hmm. Take that step back and just go, what's, what's like the one thing that I could do every day or, you know, 80% of the days that takes 1% difference. Maybe it's eating an apple every day. Maybe it's, you know, like there's so many options. Washing your face every day made Mm -hmm. me feel like I could conquer the world. That was my. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So, so dive into the process and let it take time because those little baby steps can create an exponential change one year, two years down the road. Um, And they don't feel so insurmountable. Right,
0: and you know what it makes me think of is like when a rocket ship takes off, and I'm not into physics at all, but my understanding is if the uh, trajectory is off just by like an inch, you end up just in a completely different spot. So I really like that you said just 1%, just one little nudge can have that compound effect. Yeah. What are your thoughts on bad habits like I was an over drinker during my heavy, heavy caregiver days when I was building my family and there was just a lot of wine and a lot of bunco going on. And <laughs> it was easy, right, because I was at the house and um, so we also have these bad habits. Yeah. Um, what what are your thoughts on how to curtail
1: those for our that's a great question. So uh, kind of a tangent to that. I am known as the wino in my family. Um, <laughs> I I would, I would bribe Nana by taking her favorite bottle of wine. She's not much of a drinker. She'd sit there and drink a glass with me, but, but that was something that I could help build that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like part of my packing every day was to make sure I had wine that went to Wyoming with me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but with that being said, we do have, we all have bad habits, whether it's, you know, gorging on chips that, you know, they're yummy. They're tasty as my boyfriend would say, but mm-hmm. it may not actually help us feel the way that we want to feel, which is the same with wine or the same with slogging around, you know, sitting on a couch all day, which I don't know of any caregiver that sits on the couch all day. Right. <laughs> but, right. but, um, what I would say to that is what can you add what you're doing instead of trying to like completely 180 your habit Mm -hmm. what's something that you can add or like if you're drinking wine maybe make sure you have your water next to you then you might drink a little less wine you might feel better the next day and you might go oh yeah Yeah. okay i know that that like it may satisfy me right now but tomorrow is going to be a different story and once you start to feel that difference because I don't think most of us know how bad we feel until we feel good, actually. Oh, until we... that's
0: so good.
1: I... So yeah. instead of like trying to beat yourself up, just saying, I know this is a bad habit, that's just more guilt and shame that you don't need in your life and in your world. Think about just what's one thing that you can do differently or add I really like that that term instead of taking away because it that this makes you feel small, makes you feel restrictive. Um, what's one thing that you can add to make it a better day tomorrow? Um, yeah, that's
0: so good. i I agree that when you're in deprivation mode or restriction mode, um, it kind of pisses me off like, <laughs> you know, this was a hard day. Like I deserve this. Yeah versus if i add a workout in like just organically i make slightly different choices and i have never been the kind of i'm not gonna say never that's a lie (laughs) i have not i'm not typically the kind of person that says well i exercised, so i can eat whatever Mm -hmm. i want Mm -hmm. um i I think that's a good rule of thumb that they're kind
1: of separate
0: entities. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I, that is, and, and that's, that's like a standard, Hey, I did a really hard workout, so let's go out to breakfast or let's yeah, breakfast. or go get some wings <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, or, or like the thing that always like makes me laugh is why are we watching the food channel when we're at, you know, in the gym or on a machine? Yes. So <laughs> always totally. correct. I agree a hundred percent that they should be, that it's best, um, if they're kept as two separate entities, because then we, we make the decisions. We make different decisions. Like you said, one doesn't equal the other. Now, Mm -hmm. if you are working out a lot, then you're probably going to be hungry, but your, your body's telling you, I need something. You're not using your brain to justify eating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that by separating the two, you stop looking at food as the enemy as well. Like I can't eat that unless I go run five miles or, oh, yes, you know, it just like food is food is so good. It should be. It's meant to be enjoyed and pleasurable and there's no real guilty pleasures out there. Once we start getting into this idea that we can't have something, then we gorge and we eat too much and then we feel gross. But if we take that step back and go, oh, I love food. I can have it. We are privileged in this world. We have so much food. Like it's abundant. You get to eat whatever you want to eat again. So why not just enjoy that and then the same thing with movement, once you start feeling better, you're going to start moving more. It's, it's just kind of this natural reaction. And then you might actually enjoy mm-hmm. that movement, whatever it may be going to the gym, you know, like, Oh yeah, I felt good for that today. Cause you didn't base it on something you did or didn't do.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I guess I hadn't thought of it that way either. Like you can reverse it and, um, well now I ate this so I've got to go do that like that's really just beating yourself up for it. You know it's interesting because my um my father-in-law at one point I thought he should maybe do some physical therapy as exercise to to help with some balance and stability and he was like what's the point because he was in hospice care at that point um and I definitely had my thoughts on it, but I guess, which is what are your thoughts? Like if you've fallen off the wagon and it's just been so long, like how do we get motivated to get back to it? Or yeah. if, if I'm just stuck in this merry-go-round
1: of caregiving kind of what's the point? Yeah. Um, so I think as a caregiver, when it comes to working out, again, like we're we're bombarded with the orange theories, with the CrossFits, with the like you should be a puddle on the floor kind of workouts. And there's it's yeah, no it's wonder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's no wonder we're kind of like, why bother? Because you don't have the energy to do that. Or the time. Um, Or the time. Drive 20 minutes somewhere and exercise for a 50 minute class. Yeah. Yeah. So as a caregiver, really, you know, I would encourage caregivers to focus on like range of motion movements. Like, can you get that arm straight up next to your head? Can you spend a little bit of time just making your, you know, moving your body around in really big, expressive ways? because our bodies get small and tight by Mm. lack of movement. Yeah. So can we just focus on like mobility and range of motion first? Because the sad and and very real reality is that you won't be a caregiver forever. You know, Mm -hmm. for me, it was, it was three months. um, And there are some that are in it 10 years. Like, yes. wow. So, but regardless, like I said, you're not going to be there forever. So how do you, how do you do, like, how do you maintain, how do you make sure you're not going backwards so that maybe when you do have more time, it's easier to go forwards. Um, So So yeah,
0: even just smaller timeframes, smaller programs, like, which is big, range of motion yeah um and then the consistency and just getting back to it
1: Uh, yeah the the consistency is key i mean literally if like from a fitness perspective from a body perspective think about all the things that you do every day Mm -hmm. you squat down to pick something up or you hinge down to pick something up lunge you pull you know, mm-hmm. especially the caregiver, you might have to help. You know, lift up your loved one. Mm-hmm. Um, so pull. You have to push, and and balance is is so key. But you can create, you know, five exercises that'll do that, and you can do it in five to ten minutes. It's something I'm I you know, I actually just put out to my Facebook group. Like, here's this five minute routine you can do in the kitchen, no equipment required. Like I was in jeans and my slippers. Uh before dinner. So like something that you can do. And if you do that every single day or most days, like how much difference are you going to feel over time and quick side tangent as a caregiver, you're already stressed out. So oftentimes those really intense workouts stress your body and put you over the edge. And it does more, I don't know that I want to say damage, but it could do more damage than actual good. Mm. So like, take that like big, it, you know, like I said, cut and dry program or, or, you know, beast that you think fitness and, and health have to be off the table. Cause if it stresses you out, you're, you're, it's just kind of, again, this vicious cycle. Right. Um, it's adding to your stress instead of helping alleviate
0: it. Yeah. And, I think one of the things that I realized, and I think it's important for people to track this for their own selves, but if I'm consistently exercising and I miss a few days um, by day four, I have narrowed it down to by day four, like my brain chemicals start getting effed up, like jacked up. (laughs) Like I start to um, go back down that river of misery and, you know, I just, I don't know, for me, it was just a real aha to to hone in on. Um, It's day four, like if I haven't worked out. And so I don't know if any of your clients have experienced that or you have either, but just those brain chemicals, maybe talk a little bit about that.
1: You know, that's interesting. I don't actually hardly ever talk about the brain chemicals, um, mostly because know maybe in the way that i connect and coach with individuals it kind of naturally comes out i've never kind of put that like this is what's really yeah 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 um but it is interesting you know after and and you get to use that this is four days as information it's not Mm -hmm. there's that second part take that step back and realize that it's not meant to beat you up oh my gosh i haven't worked out in four days you can use that to your advantage and say well, I know I'm not going to get a workout over the next two days because I, the, like, look at my schedule, but I know that I should really focus on, um, I really want to focus on getting my workout in on that third day. Cause I know by the fourth day, I'm really going to feel different. Yeah. Um, and you can set your week up for success that way by having that information, um, which then will ultimately help keep those brain, you know, chemicals even keeled throughout the week. Uh, And, and I just think that looking at the big picture sometimes can help uh, manage those emotions, manage the brain chemicals, if you will, Mm -hmm. and uh, and the schedule in
0: general. Scheduling can be tricky, but I feel like I heard you say you don't have to like do hours of working out. It can just be those small, um, even just like the five minute routine that you put on your Facebook group. Yeah. So tell us like how can people find you and what is your your coaching program and like tell us all the things. What do you <laughs> <answer>? <laughs> That is awesome. I am still working on all the things. Me too. Um, I'm still working <laughs> on all the things too. So, you know, just know that if energetically you're connecting with Jen, just reach out to her and then you can explore. But yeah. generally, like what what are you formulating?
1: So I have a group called Fit Body Fat Life Caregivers. Um, it's um, P-H-A-T. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> fit, uh, fit Body P-H-A-T Life, Fit Body Fat Life. Um, I can send you the kind of link. I Perfect. You know, and in fitness, being fit is different for a lot of people. Like, mm-hmm you just want to feel good in your body, you know? So take away like what the scale might say, or what the, even what the lab numbers might tell you, we just want to feel good. We want to vitality. We want, we want, you know, energy. We want to be able to focus. Um, so, so you can find me, um, on that group, which is a great space. Um, I actually have a business page as well, but, um, I think from a program perspective, I'm looking at three components. I think the Facebook group is going to be a great way to dive in and see what I'm about to, if you don't feel like you have the resources, whether you don't think you have time or Mm -hmm. the financial resources, the the brain bandwidth, Bandwidth, like whatever it is that you feel most lacking in, or if it's all of them, it's again, it's going to be a great place to just get some really good support on how you make progress on your health goals. How do you make that 1% step to feeling the way that you want to feel? Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think I would ultimately like to work on a membership program because uh, I think accountability is such a big key. And I really want it to be this gentle, compassionate accountability. There's no drill sergeant here at all. (laughs) Like you said, scheduling is so hard. And so it'll be, it's a mobile app. Um, and it's just going to be an easy way for you to say, yeah, I washed my face today. Check. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I drank my, you know, bottle of water today. Check. Um, and then, you know, there's going to be leaderboards and rewards and additional coaching that can come just from this online, uh, platform, this app. Uh, and then I will work on, um, or a program that I'm building it, I'm going to say 12 week, but the reality is, is that it's going to be maybe kind of module based. So you'll go at your own pace. If it takes you six months to go through this. Great. Yeah. You you went through it. You learned about yourself. Yeah. Um, So it'll be more of like a a system or a method um, for those who maybe do have a little bit more bandwidth and want to take on a little bit more um, connected coaching, if you will. Well, and we know there's an ebb and flow to caregiving. So sometimes
0: when we're in crisis and we've got our blinders on, maybe we're not as engaged with the things that we've invested in. But then it's so beautiful to have something that you can circle back to and you've built a Facebook community where people can be connected and supported. Um, Because then when things have plateaued again, um, you're like, okay, I'm back in. And that's when you're filling up your toolbox with, the tools that you're providing people. Yes. How do we say your last name? How do we pronounce what, what is your full name? (laughs) Uh, it's Jennifer Abbenhaus. Abbenhaus. Yep. Okay. And we'll put all of this in the show notes, the link to your Facebook group. Um, and then people from that group, if they're not on Facebook, how can they reach you?
1: Um, uh, maybe email. No.
0: Okay. Great. Might we'll be best. Put your email um, on there as well. And I, what you're doing is so important. And I am so grateful that you were willing to, um, reach out to me and connect with me. Cause we just met online. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the beauty of social media people. I love um, it. I love it too. And I'm just, I'm really grateful and what you're doing is so important. So
1: Thank you. You're so, I so welcome. And like I said, I'm, I, it's so lovely to really connect, um, and actually chat with you and hear your heart. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's so great to, to have like-minded. You mentioned something previously that you maybe wanted to talk about, um, when to start letting our loved ones eat with things. (gasps) Want to. Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, because
0: you were talking about that sometimes your grandpa just wanted to eat certain things. I've forgotten about that. So there's the caregiver health and, and all of that. But then I know that a lot of times as caregivers, we try and, well, we do. We micromanage what our loved ones are eating <laughs> because we want them to be healthy. Um, we want them to have a certain lifestyle. And, you know, is there a point at which
1: we just let it be? what your thoughts are on that. Yeah. And so this was definitely, I think we all learn the hard way on this one. Like so we try to micromanage and my grandpa had so many health issues that we were trying to like the diabetic diet, the heart Ooh, diet, the this, and yes. I'm like, okay. At one point we just had to scrap it and, and kind of dial into what he was willing to eat.
0: Oh, that's good.
1: Um, because here is, here's is something I see with, with our loved ones a lot is, and again, going back to this, like everybody should look and be thin and and that's what healthy equals. And so, you, you know, even our loved ones, my grandma always talks about, I need to lose some weight. <sighs> my grandpa lost so much weight in the end that I am glad he never felt like he needed to go on a diet, especially at some point in, and I don't know what that looks like, but we reach a point in our life where dieting, I mean, the goal should not be to lose weight because you are going to need that yeah, um, to help your body just function. Um, but let's get real. You can't change someone who has 60 plus years of their own habits, um, ingrained and in the, and the things that they like, um, and Make don't every like morning or, yeah, yeah, um, So the reality is, is that food, one meal is not going to make the difference in probably 10 years, right? Like if you, like you have 30 days of the same meal, you're going to start making that difference, good or bad, right? You're going to tip the needle Mm -hmm. one way or the other. Um, So, you know, by the time you're likely caring for your loved one, trying to force them to eat things that they don't want to eat is not going to, it's not a good use of your energy. Right. Um, I would recommend, I do encourage, like always try, but disconnect from the outcome. Like Mm -hmm. if they don't want it, just, okay. Yeah. Just, we have to disconnect, and that's for movement too. My grandpa didn't want to do PT when the PT wasn't there. And we know it's helpful and it's hard to watch. Uh, you, you're just creating more tension and stress by trying to force the things that you feel like they need to be doing. Um, Like I said, always encourage, always offer. You know, Mm -hmm. if you offer the good stuff every now and again, they might take a bite or maybe after five tries, they might take a bite. They might eat the black beans. They might, um, you know, whatever, Uh, you know. The other thing is, is that their taste buds change Oh yeah. So food just doesn't taste as good as it used to either. So they probably are connected to the memory of what that food gave them previously.
0: Oh, that's so interesting. Oh my gosh. I hadn't, I hadn't even, cause I obviously our team, we know our taste buds change because when you're two years old, there's a really good chance you don't like tomatoes right. <laughs> or Brussels sprouts, but then <laughs> As we age, you know, we're willing and, and enjoy those things. But so, yeah, I guess that totally makes sense that in your seventies, eighties, nineties, hundreds that the food is just gonna taste different. I know in the nursing home I worked at we had soft serve ice cream machines and it was a protein based yeah. supplement essentially. And I mean, everybody got to eat the ice cream but yeah. if that's all someone's eating. We, we check the
1: boxes. <laughs> <laughs> it you do if you can make some of those minor changes, like give them ice cream, like I said, maybe it's a little bit higher protein, so they get get that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you can sneak in. My grandpa, um, my sister-in-law made like this quinoa um chili. Oh. And I would have never thought he was gonna let have sweet potatoes and you know, ground beef and, and everything. And he really liked it.
0: Oh my Um, gosh.
1: I made pancakes and I would just add extra protein to the pancakes so that again, it's just a small change. So he got his pancakes or, you know, chili, every little thing you can do is helpful. Um, it's certainly not going to hurt. And, uh, I just think sometimes it's good, and and there was a time where he loved the pancakes, and then he hated the pancakes, and I was like, oh,
0: okay. Back oh. to
1: the- <laughs> <laughs> so I'm
0: hearing, you know, adjust uh, recipes, do little things, do you, you know, try, do your best, but then <clears throat> if it just really is coming down to it, to back off and just let them enjoy whatever. I mean. We are, I, we are not physicians. I am not a physician. So definitely speak with a physician if that's their medical reasons for a certain diet. But I know that, um, you know, in the nursing home, people definitely had autonomy of choice, like,
1: you know, whether or not they
0: were going to eat
1: and what. Yeah. Yeah. And going back to kind of what we talked about earlier, just about food, like it's supposed to be pleasurable. You're supposed to enjoy it. And if you think that you've lived for 60, 70, 80 years, or if you've been diagnosed with something and you're really sick, like you're going to want to enjoy the things that, that have felt good and whole and, and soul filling for you. Right. Um, and I think that like, like my grandpa, he loved like the canned sardines and, you know, things like that. They're super high in sodium. So you're like, Oh, let's try not to, to do that. But we got him to eat like cottage cheese and black beans and a little bit of chicken. Like, and then he would have some crackers. Like it was, they weren't big meals. They were just a little bit more. We just tried to get it complete. Does he have a protein? Does he have a carbohydrate and does he have Mm. a um, fat in there? And if he has those three things, Okay. Yeah. It's, and, and it let it even out throughout the day. Not everything has to be, not every meal has to be perfect. And sometimes they eat and sometimes they don't eat, you know, that's such good advice. Cause there's potential that maybe they're just eating one meal
0: a day or it's like little bites here and there. Yeah. It's kind of
1: adding up. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Well, thank you so much for being with me. Yes. Thanks for having me. Again, I really appreciate the opportunity and and just so fortunate and excited to be connected. Um, Absolutely.
0: Well, and if someone listening to this is ready to get going with a health routine or some exercise or just getting their health back on track and regaining control of that, reach out to Jen and um, she will be a great leader for you and then connect with her in her Facebook group yay yay (laughs) all right well thank you so much
1: thank you have a great day you too bye bye